Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. I I read years ago, and, and I still try to read it, most of it anyway, every year. Brother Hagen wrote a book years ago called Plans, Purposes, and Pursuits. And it was, uh, uh, the Lord was dealing with him about some things uh, at the 1987 uh, camp meeting that they were having there. And the Lord was talking to him about uh, plans and purposes and pursuits, obviously, hence the title of the book. But he made a statement in that book that just... uh, at the time, it really imprinted my spirit, and I, and I have never forgot it. He said, God has a purpose for every meeting. All right? And he said, it's, it's up to the pastor, it's up to the leader to discern the purpose for those meetings. And I, I begin to seek the Lord about the purpose for the meetings. You know, there's, listen, I, I worked in corporate America for a number of years. And the corporate world is notorious for meaningless meetings. Right? Everybody agrees. Thank the Lord. And, and you go to a meeting and you're thinking, why am I here? I, I could be getting something done. This doesn't even apply to me. Right? What, what if on your job they only had you attend meetings that pertained to you. Or you might have one a month. Right? Well, here's the thing. If I'm going to come to church, I want God's purpose for that meeting. Amen. Amen. Ever how far you drove. There are people here that drove a, a, a large, longer distance than others. There are people that were five minutes away. There's people 40 minutes away. Ever how long you drove to get here, ever how much time you're going to spend here, we might as well get God's purpose for being here. Amen. Do do, do you see that? Now, we're not going to take any time over the offering tonight. There is an envelope there in the seat back in front of you, and you can certainly sow into the kingdom of God if you desire to. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, I know we normally teach over the offering, but uh, uh, hallelujah. I remember one time I was, uh, I was worried uh, that maybe I was uh, taking too much time over the, the tithe. And the... Hallelujah. I can't hear myself. I know that. Glory to God. But he, uh, uh, I was, I, you know, because I, I usually take any, you know, 15 sometimes 20 minutes over the offering. And uh, in any event, uh, I was wondering, you know, am, am, I, am, I, am I teaching too much over the offering? Because we teach every, every time. And I was, with, uh, I was with my pastor at a minister's conference in Round Rock, Texas. And uh, they had a, a pastor's panel. And it was, it was uh, uh, my pastor, Pastor Caldwell, 
uh, it was uh, uh, Bishop Keith Butler and, and uh, Bob Yandian, that's who it was, who pastored Grace Church in, in Tulsa for, uh, what, 25, 30 years. And the first statement pastor made, he said, I taught over tithe and offering for 35 years as a pastor, every service. I thought, that's it, that, that does it. We'll just, we'll teach over it every service, amen. So I say that to say this, this is unusual not to teach over it, but we have some things to get into, and I don't want to keep you late uh, this evening. Amen. When you're ready to give tonight, why don't you hold your seed up to the Lord. Father, we thank you for the seed that's being sown into the kingdom of God. We thank you for the manifestation, Lord, of the harvest in the lives of your people. And we thank you, Father, that it will produce what you promised, a harvest of good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. You will cause men to give into our bosom. And we thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. You can come rejoicing with your seed tonight in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we just lift these seeds to you tonight, and we thank you, Lord, that as your people have given, we call them blessed, we call them favored, we call them healed. And Father, we call for an expedited return and an accelerated harvest on their giving in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Well, join me tonight very quickly in Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. And the Lord said something to me the other day, uh, uh, early in the morning in my prayer time. He, he said three words to me. He said, assignment, purpose, and calling. Assignment, purpose, and calling. Every, every individual has those three things they have an assignment they have a purpose they have a calling every local church body has an assignment they have a purpose and they have a calling now the first is the assignment what is my assignment because my purpose and my calling are found in my assignment All right, if I don't know what my assignment is I can't fulfill my purpose and my call because I'm called, and, and I'm called to complete the assignment, and my purpose is to fulfill the assignment. Amen. Do, do you see that? And uh, what happens, for, for instance, uh, you know, very often we talk about, you know, it being the vision of a church. The vision of a church is the assignment of that church. That's the assignment. All right, in, in uh, the summer of 95, when the Lord spoke to me and he said, the vision for your life and ministry is to build people's faith and frame their worlds by the word of God. Well, then that becomes the assignment. Amen. That becomes the assignment. And uh, that doesn't change. Your assignment never changed. The, 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 the parts of it may change, but the assignment never changes. The scope of it may change, but the assignment never changes. Amen. 
And, and of course, he's added to us, to that vision, to that assignment. But the, the point is, is whatever your assignment is, right? That's where I have to start. What is my assignment? What is my purpose? What is my calling? Amen. So our assignment as a church, build faith, frame worlds by the word of God, raise up a spiritual production center producing life, city, state, nation, and world. He adds to that as the years go on. He said to us to cover Arkansas. So that's part of our assignment. He said as you cover Arkansas, the other parts of the fellowship will flourish. But that, that's the assignment. Amen. Do you see that? So God is asking us to reach a people. He's asking us to reach a city. He's asking us to reach a generation. Amen. In Matthew 25, this is a familiar uh, sequence of scriptures. But we're going to take the time tonight to look at this because I want you to see something here. This is what is commonly referred to as the parable of the talents. And uh, we'll start here in verse 14 because notice what he says. He says, for the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. So he's saying this is the operational structure of the kingdom of heaven. It's like a man calling his servants to him and delivering, notice what it says, unto them his goods. Everybody say his goods. So whose goods did he deliver to them? His, right? The, the Bible says in the book of Matthew chapter 16, you remember what Jesus said when Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, flesh and blood has not uh, uh, revealed this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven, and upon this rock I will build my church. I will build my church. When Jesus left the earth, He said, all authority has been given to me. Now I'm giving it to you, and you go, and you do what I've been doing. In other words, Jesus is saying, I'm giving you my church church and I want you to fulfill the assignment of my church hallelujah do, do you see that that see that would solve all, I told them the, the the pastors in my fellowship today I text them every Sunday and I told them I I text them and I said uh, what makes I said what makes the difference in a church what makes churches different is not the denomination that they are. It's whether or not they're preaching the word. It's not if if the, if the Baptist denomination is preaching the word, you're going to pe see people get set free, delivered, and healed because that's what the word does. If the Pentecostal church is preaching the word, you're going to see people get delivered and set free and healed because that's what the word does. The assignment of his church is preach the word to deliver people and set them free. That's the assignment of his church. He gave us his church. We're not allowed to do whatever we want with his church. We have to do what he said with his church. 
We have to fulfill the assignment that he gave. Do, do you see that? And so he said he called them and delivered unto them his goods. Verse 15, and to one he gave five talents, and to another two talents, and to another one. Now notice, to every man according to his several ability, and straightway he took his journey. Now understand something. The five was no more important than the one. The responsibility was greater. The responsibility was greater, not more important. He said he gave those talents according to every man's ability. According to what they were able to accomplish, according to their ability. And he gave one five because he had the ability to deal with five. He gave one two because he had the ability to deal with two. And he gave the last man one because that was his ability. No less important. Just as important. Why? Because it was the master's talent that he gave that man an assignment with. The assignment that God's given you must carry weight. And it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter where it is. It doesn't matter what it may be and what it may involve. It has to carry weight because it's the assignment I've been given by the Master. Amen. Say out loud, I have an assignment. It carries weight with me. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, it's no secret. It's no secret how precious and how dear and how vital children's ministry is to me. The Lord said to me years ago, He said, when you minister to children, I'll always bless your church. He said to me not too long ago, He said, I'll always take care of your family as you take care of mine. Oh, hallelujah. He said to me not too long ago, minister to the children, grow the children. That's what we're doing. Amen. People, and, and there are times that people look at that and they think, and I'm not teaching on children's ministry tonight, but understand, there are times that people look at ministering to children as, as if we're just keeping the children out of the way and it's giving the children something to do. Do you know how important children's ministry is? Do you know in the book of Matthew alone, Jesus ministered to children seven times? Seven times Jesus ministered to children. It's the hidden ministry of Jesus. Seven times he ministered to children. When he was detailing the, 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 the different aspects, he said, if you give a prophet a cold drink of water, you'll get a prophet's reward. He said, if you give a righteous man a cold drink of water, you'll get a righteous man's reward. He said, but when you minister to little children, you'll get a reward nobody can take away. What an assignment. What an assignment. And, and here's, here's, what, here's what hinders people sometimes in that regard. Is, is, is that, you know, nobody's hearing their deep revelation. And I'm just back there ministering to kids. Just back there ministering to people that have the rest of their life ahead of them. You know, I minister to some people, they don't have very, many, very much, very, very many years left. And if they, if they, if they, if they, if they don't get it, See, what's the assignment? And people say, well, this is my assignment. This is all I do. All you do? You see, you may look and say, I don't have five, but you got one. 
The master, if the one didn't matter, why did he give the man the responsibility of it? If it didn't matter, why didn't he just leave it alone? Because it mattered. Think, think about that. We talk about how everybody matters. You matter. I matter. Everybody matters. Every assignment matters. Why? Because the master hands them. Nobody else can give you your assignment but God. Nobody. Amen. Notice. Then he that received the five went and traded with the same and made other five. Took his assignment seriously. Now, now, now understand, we see something here. We know the nature of making things happen. This guy didn't sleep late, take days off, he got busy. I, I've got an assignment to increase what the master gave me. Amen. Because that's my assignment. So he was there every day. Right? When, when you have an assignment from God, every day you're looking at what am I supposed to do where my assignment is concerned today. Every day. Hallelujah. And notice what he did. He made other five talents. And likewise, he that received two gained other two. Hmm. But he that received one. Now keep... Re-emphasizing this because it's important. Was the one important? If all God's asked you to do is one thing, is it important? Because that's your assignment. Do you know when people backslide? When the importance of their assignment fades. When the importance of what God asks them to do fades. That's, that's when people start getting cold and lukewarm. Amen. And notice what it says. He digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. And what did he do? Dug a hole and hid it. What was he supposed to do with it? Increase it. Right? What did the others do? What did they do? They doubled it. Now, would it have been, do you think, easier to double one than five? But now watch. The one that doubled five had the ability to double five. The one that doubled one, that's why the master only gave him one. God loves us so much, He will start us out and give us an assignment that we have the ability to complete. It'll take faith. It'll take, it'll take believing God. But I have an assignment that I can complete. I can thank God. He will never ask me to do something I can't do. He'll ask me to do something I can't do without Him. But I can do it. Or he wouldn't give me the assignment. Why? Because I said it this morning. 
God's not dangling you out in front of defeat. Trying to get you defeated. Say out loud, I have an assignment from God. Amen. Now after a long time, the Lord of those servants come and reckoneth with them. Reckoneth, obviously, is an accounting term. He's going to set the book straight. And, and notice, he went on a trip, but he's coming back. Now hear me, and we're going to give an account for our assignment. Is that what it says? He's going to reckon with them. He, he's going to pull out the books and say, okay, I ask you to do this. I ask you to do this. I ask you to do this. Now, now let's see where we're at. Notice, he that received five talents came and brought other five, saying, Lord, you delivered me five talents. I've gained beside them five talents more. And his Lord said, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Now notice something, good and faithful. Good's not enough. I have to be faithful. Good and faithful. Faithfulness carries the idea of being committed. Faithfulness carries the idea of being, of being uh, determined. Good and faithful. That, that's, that's the damage that you have with some of the doctrine. Well, you know, the Lord understands and 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 the Lord and the you know the 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 the, the you know the Lord's not going to put any pressure on you and, and the Lord, good and faithful is that right? Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Why? Notice you've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Now notice, faithful over a few. Um, now, what does that mean? The few carried weight. He, we look at that, that man probably didn't think five was few. But the master said, you've been faithful over a few, I'll make you ruler over many. My assignment carries eternal significance. One rendering of this says that he said, you've been faithful over this. I'll make you ruler over ten cities. I'll make you ruler over five cities. What I'm doing right now has an eternal significance. Because that's my assignment. And here's the thing. Whether I complete my assignment or not, I'm still going to be held responsible for it. Hallelujah. Verse 22, He that received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered me two talents. I've gained two other talents beside them. And his Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. 
You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. What did he say to him again? Good and faithful. That's important. Because good is not enough. There has to be a faithfulness. What's the Bible say? It doesn't say a good man who can find. It says a faithful man who can find. It it doesn't say that uh, a good man or a man that's not good is like a broken tooth or a foot out of joint. It says an unfaithful man is like a broken tooth or a foot out of joint. Amen. That's the importance that he, one of the the things that God called himself was the faithful God. Isn't that right? In the book of Deuteronomy, when he was talking to the people about what he was going to do, how he was going to bless them, how he was going to heal them, he said, I am the faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy with unto a thousand generations. God is faithful. He put his DNA inside of you. So in you, there's this element of faithfulness that will enable me to fulfill my assignment. But I I have to place it in the forefront. Oh, hallelujah. Verse 24. Then he that received the one talent came and said, now watch, I knew you're a hard man. Reaping where you have not sown, gathering where you've not strawed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent. Here, here, here you have what is yours. And the Lord answered and said, well done, good and faithful. No, no. Wicked, slothful servant. Now, do you have any indication what slothful means? Lazy. So, so what do we see here? What, what do we see? He was lazy. With what? His assignment. His assignment. Amen. Say out loud, I'm not going to be lazy with my assignment. Amen. Do you see that? If ever, ever what it is, Every person you know and I know is not going to be in the full-time ministry. But, but I have something that God's asked me to do. I can't be lazy with it. Because that's my assignment. I say, that's my assignment. I still have people today that will tell me, Pastor, you just, you, Philip, you need to slow down. What? what? Slow down for what? What am I slowing down for? No time to be lazy. Hmm. Assignment, purpose, and calling. That a, a body, a, a body of believers has to keep that assignment in the forefront of their mind. This is what God's called us to do. 
This is what God's asked us to do. God has delivered the city into our hands for the preaching of the gospel. We have to propagate it. Prayer is the womb of the Spirit. We've got to birth everything that God wants us to do in our city, in our state, in our nation, in our world. Things don't just drop into church's hands. They make them happen by praying, hearing from heaven, and doing what heaven said. That, that's, that's the assignment. See, anointing is for the assignment. Not for the person. Oh, hallelujah. I'm not anointed for me. I'm anointed for the people and for the assignment. Amen. Do you understand that? Somebody will say, well, I, I'm anointed. I'm anointed to be a prophet. I'm anointed to be a pastor. I'm a, that, that, that means you're anointed to minister in that office for God's people. That's your assignment. That, that doesn't make you a thing. That doesn't make you great. What makes you great is fulfilling the assignment. Amen. Now notice. Hmm. His Lord answered said, Wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I sowed not and gathered where I have not strawed. Now, the, the King James leaves us a little blind here. It's a question. It's a question that he's saying. You, this is what you thought? You, you thought that's how I was? And notice the next verse. He said, If that's what you thought, you should have at least put my money in the bank. And gained me some interest. Is that right? Now watch this. Take therefore the talent from him. And give it to the one that has ten. Is that what it said? Who received the extra talent? The faithful man. The faithful man. For unto everyone that has shall be given. And he, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. Unfaithfulness cost. Hallelujah. Now, notice that this wasn't taken away from him until the reckoning day. So what was taken? Not just the talent, the reward. The reward. Look, look, look over here. Let me, let me show you something. Look over here in the book of Acts chapter 20. Am I helping you with this at all? My assignment, your assignment, my purpose, my calling. And uh, now there's been many different takes on what Paul was doing here and, and was Paul in the will of God? Was he out of the will of God? Was he just being stubborn? Was he being obstinate? Because he said none of these things move me. We have at least two occasions where the Holy Spirit told him not to go to Jerusalem and I've heard people try to say, try to play that down and water it down. The Bible says first of all 
that the disciples, the, the, the brethren that were there in the city, that they told Paul by the Spirit not to go to Jerusalem. Now you can water that down all you want, but he was told by the Spirit not to go. The, Paul said that the Holy Spirit warned him in every city that bonds and afflictions awaited him in Jerusalem. But Paul's mindset, Paul's makeup, Paul's constitution was to just press through. And I believe that's in the Bible for a reason. But nonetheless, that being said, he said in verse uh, 22, Now behold, I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me, save the Holy Spirit witnesses in every city or city after city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me or wait for me, but none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear to myself, so I might notice, finish my course. Finish my course. Say my course. So everyone has an assignment. Everyone has a course. And he said, I want to finish my course with joy. And the ministry that I've received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Now he goes on down in verse 28 and he says to the pastors, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers. So who makes the pastor the overseer of that church? Who gives the assignment? The Holy Ghost. So that means a board can't make a man a pastor. Only the Holy Ghost can. The board can pray. The board can seek the Lord. But there's no scripture that indicates that people put men in that position. Or women. God puts them there. Who made him the overseer? The Holy Ghost. If you have an assignment in this body over a group of people or over a department, who put you there? Who put you there? Oh, help me. Who put you there? The Holy Spirit gave you that assignment. Yeah, but pastor, you talked to me about it. So the Holy Spirit dealt with me to talk to you about it. If I'm speaking for the Holy Spirit, who's dealing with you? Right? Is that right? Over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God. Now help me. I'm asking you a lot of questions. Whose church is it? Whose church? God's church. Whose department is it? Whose? Amen. And, and who gave you that responsibility? See, you should feel the weight of it, but you should feel the honor of it. That God gave me that assignment. He could have asked anybody else to do it, and He asked me to do it. The Holy Ghost could have picked anybody else to do what you're doing, but he picked you. Amen. Yeah, but I don't feel qualified. Good, join the I don't feel qualified club. Nobody feels qualified to do what God asks them to do. It's something God's asking them to do. But here's what I notice, is that God does not call the qualified very often, but he does qualify the called. And when you answer the call and you answer the assignment, God will do what he's got to do to make the faithful man succeed. Oh, hallelujah. So it's the church of God that he purchased 
with His own blood. Boy, that puts an exclamation point on the, on the assignment. Now think about that. So you're not just people. You're a people that God purchased with His own blood. Now how does that change how you minister to people? I'm ministering tonight to God's purchased possession. I'm ministering tonight to the people that will make up the gemstones in the crown. Amen. Do do you see that? That's my assignment. Oh, hallelujah. And notice the first part of that. To feed the flock of God, he says, take heed therefore to yourselves unto all the flock of which the Holy Spirit's made you overseers to feed the church of God. To feed the church of God. That, that the pastor's assignment is to feed the people. To feed the sheep. Not to come up with the latest, greatest trend. Not to come up with the latest, greatest idea about how we can, we can, we can be more modern or we can be more, uh, we can be more uh, you know, uh, uh, draw more people and, and we can make this happen and we can come up with a cool sermon series you know, that's really modern and really speaks to everybody. He says, feed the church of God, the Word of God. Amen. When, when, we started, when we started the, the, the first faith builders in DeSoto, when we started that church, five other churches started in the city at the same time. Five other churches. None of those, other, none of those five are in existence today. I had one of those pastors meet with me, and him and his wife basically told me they were going to put me out of business. That they were going to come to DeSoto and bring a a Pentecostal influence. People say, what did you do? Kept building faith. That's my assignment. While they were having all these hyped up events, what were you doing? Building faith. Remember when everybody quit having church on Wednesday? You remember that? And then they quit having church on Sunday night? People said, are you going to quit having church on Wednesday and Sunday night? I said, my God, people need the word more today. They don't need less. I'm looking for ways to have more services. So, so I had buddies of mine tell me, well, you know, Philip, nobody comes to Wednesday night anymore. Okay. You say, what would you do? I marched out there on Wednesday night to the eight people that I had in the church on a Wednesday night. And five, five of those were staff. And what would you do? Preach the word. Why? That's my assignment. That's my assignment. Am I helping you all with this? You hear a lot of different words today. And you hear words like culture. Well, you know, our culture in our church. Now, wait a minute. The church is not a brand. The church is not a corporation that has a brand. I had somebody tell me one time, well, you know, Pastor, the way our brand is, I said, but but, but stop that. What do you mean our brand? Faith Builders is not our brand. Faith Builders is what we are. 
That's our assignment. Don't diminish it by calling it a brand. That's our assignment. Amen. Do, do you understand that? You, every attempt that, that people make to cause the Word of God to conform to the ideologies of the world will always end up with that group imploding. Because you can't do that. You can't run the church like a corporation. You, you have to run the church and lead the church according to the Word of God. Does that make sense? So the, the, responsi- and the responsibility of the pastor is feed the church. And we kept preaching on Wednesday nights, and soon we grew to 10, and then we grew to 15, and then we grew to 25, and then we grew to 35, and then we grew to 45, and just on and on and on until it became one of the best attended services we had all week. But nobody comes to church on Wednesday nights. If you're feeding them, they will. That's your assignment. Does that make sense? Everything the church does is to fulfill the assignment. If you have an event, it's for the assignment. If we, We're going to have VBS this year. If you have VBS, it's for the assignment. If you have a, a singing, now they don't have very many singings anymore. Y'all remember singings? Listen, if I got some Church of God, Assembly of God folks in here, Kojic folks, y'all remember singings. Amen. Amen. Now, now, in the church I grew up in is Southern Gospel singings. Amen. If you grew up Kojic, it was choir singings. Had the choir from down south and the choir from up north. And the right Reverend Benjamin Johnson, he's going to bring his choir. Remember? If you have a singing, it's to build the church. It's to fulfill the assignment. Do you see that? Amen. Why did he say that? Because I know that after my departing, grievous wolves will enter in among you. And notice, they won't spare the flock. They won't spare the flock. Do do you see the assignment? It's the flock. Not the shepherd. The assignment is the flock. What's he say? Grievous wolves will enter in and they won't spare the flock. The focus is the flock. I've been given assignment to take care of the flock. Not to just propagate my ministry. Amen. Do, do you see that? See, the, the issue with pastoring, the issue with pastoring the local church is this. You know, you know what? It's, it, when you talk about the fivefold ministry, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, Everybody wants to be a prophet. Everybody wants to be an apostle. Why, them's the powerful ones. And, and they are. They have their level of power with them. Very rarely do you hear people say, I want to be a pastor. Because a pastor is like a general practitioner. Right? When, when you hear of a superstar doctor, he's not a general practitioner. He's some neurosurgeon or great heart surgeon or great cancer doctor, right? I have a great general practitioner. He's just an old country guy, and I love him. 
good Christian, good Baptist man. But you know, he's just dry as toast. But a good doctor. Amen. That, that's the pastor. The pastor's the general practitioner. And I'm not talking on the office of the pastor exclusively. But what I'm trying to get you, if that's your assignment, that's what you fulfill. Now, the Lord told me some number of years ago, I, I stand in three offices. But my primary, my anchor office is the pastor. That's what God called me to do. Everything else became an offshoot of that. You understand? That's the assignment. That's, that's the assignment. Look at 1 Peter 5. Ooh. Say out loud, I have an assignment. And it carries weight with me. Amen. 1 Peter 5, verse 1. The elders which are among you I exhort, whom also an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Now here's a question. So who's he talking to? The elders, the overseers, the pastors. Notice what he says. Feed the flock of God which is among you. Feed the flock that's among you. Not the flock down the road. The flock that's among you. That's my assignment. I, ha I have a, a great friend, wonderful friend, good friend of mine. And he pastored a church uh, 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 further on down south. Tremendous church. Powerful church. And uh, I, I went to several camp meetings there. Number of camp meetings there. And uh, in, it, it was in those meetings that, that I became acquainted with people like Dr. Ed Dufresne and, and, uh, and, and others. And so uh, just a going church, a, a tremendous church. And he was such a good minister. And people started inviting him to preach and, and all around America and then even internationally. And what began to happen is that church began to just, it plateaued and then it just started falling off started falling off and I was doing a uh, uh, I, I had a couple on on our television program and and they had went to that church for a number of years and I was talking to the, the brother and he said that he had talked to to you to my pastor friend and that my friend had said this he said what I did the reason our church started falling off is is I started traveling too much and I wasn't there to pastor it feed the flock that's among you. Amen. If you're a traveling minister, that's your assignment. A pastor is not a traveling minister. They'll be with the flock. Now that may seem elementary, but, but I, I look back and what has kept the ministry solid for all the years is that we're where we're supposed to be. Fulfilling our assignment. Amen. Do, do you see that? I used to have a friend of mine. St still a friend of mine. But he was somewhat closer then. And uh, he was always inviting me to come to his church and minister. And he wanted me to minister faith. He'd call me, hey doc. You know how they do. Hey doc. 
I need you to come over and give my church a faith injection. And I'm thinking, that's your job. And he always wanted me to come over on a Sunday morning. Well, first couple times, I went over and helped him. And, and, and then finally, I had to tell him, look, I got to be at home on Sunday mornings. I got, I got a church. That's my assignment. See, if you're not careful, the backslaps, people of other churches telling you how great you are, they'll corrupt your assignment. Amen. You know, I like to cook for my family, and I like to cook chili, and, and, and I'll even cook gumbo and jambalaya. And, oh, Jesus. And you know, the first couple times that you know, they, they ate that meal. Oh, this is so good. This is so wonderful. And now it's like, yeah, I, I like your chili. Right? It's not that it's not good or that I've changed anything. It's just we eat it a lot. Amen. See, if, you're, if a person isn't careful, your assignment as a member is to bring your supply when you come to church. That's my assignment. Is that right? To be ready to receive. If, if, if I'm not careful, oh Lord help me say this correctly. If, if I'm not careful, I'll begin, I'll begin to look as some other person, as something greater than the person that's feeding me day in and day out. And I've warned pastors over the years, Look, don't be running to everybody else's church because those aren't your people, number one. They're not your flock. They're not your sheep. That's not where God assigned you. And, and you'll get caught up in all the accolades and you'll hurt your ministry. Amen. What's your assignment? If, 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 if God called you to a certain thing, don't want to be anywhere else. Wherever you are, be all there. That's your assignment. Amen. Now notice, am I helping you? Uh, and, and he says, take the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre over ready mind, neither being lords over God's heritage, but be examples to the flock. And notice, and when the chief shepherd shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory that doesn't fade away. A crown of glory that doesn't fade away. That's one of five crowns mentioned in the New Testament. The pastor's crown. And notice, when the chief shepherd shall appear. So that tells me that there's a reward for the assignment of the pastor. A crown that doesn't fade away. I was studying that one day, and the Lord said this to me. He said, throughout eternity, throughout eternity, he said, pastors are going to wear that crown in the new city, and pastors are going to wear that crown, and people will walk down the streets of the new city, and they'll point at them and say, there goes one of those pastors. It'll be an eternal reward. Now, ever what you think about what the Lord told me, the reality of it is, is he says, if you'll fulfill your assignment, you'll get this. So by showing up and fulfilling your assignment, 
You don't know what's accruing in your account. Amen. You know what the assignment of young ministers is? To learn from older ministers. That's the assignment. You know, when I get around older ministers, I don't talk about what I'm anointed to do, what I'm called to do, the giftings on my life. That'll shut me down from receiving from them. Hallelujah. I don't go around telling people I pastor two churches and, and we're looking at planning more and, and I'm the head over a fellowship and we've got alumni of our Bible school and I've got pastors that are under my care. People say, you know, where do you pastor? I pastor in Little Rock. You know that city where Jesus is building his church? Because he said, on this little rock I'll build my church. Hallelujah. Arkansas is the only state in the Bible. Noah looked out of the ark and saw. <laughs> but he, right? Now what I'm hoping that you're getting tonight is I stay focused on the assignment. When I'm with my pastor, my assignment is to help. My assignment is to, is to be an assistant to him. Not to talk about what I know. It's to receive. Right? That's my assignment. Hallelujah. Now, look, look at a couple of these. Look at 2 Timothy 4. I'm almost done. That's when you go, no, no. Hallelujah. I'm joking. 2 Timothy. <laughs> 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6. Notice what the Apostle Paul says. He says, I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. Notice, I have, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Notice, my course. I finished my course course he said i fought a good fight i finished my course or my race and i've kept the faith i finished my assignment ever what that assignment may be i finished it our god our job our goal is finish finish the assignment the the, the assignment on a church the 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 the, the job the goal of that church is finish the assignment that God gave them. Amen. Do, do you see that? And, and as you complete one assignment, God gives you another assignment. As you fulfill one role, God gives you other things to do. God's in the process of giving us more responsibilities because of the faithfulness. that See, the properties, the lands, the buildings that are coming our way, they, they are rewards for faithfulness. If you won't get in a hurry and you'll be faithful, God will reward that. Amen. When the Lord told me that day, He said to me, He said, how many chairs are in the sanctuary? And I counted the chairs, 142 chairs. And He said, when you fill those chairs, you'll know where to go. We're close. Amen. And I've told you before, 
And it's becoming very clear where we need to go. I just don't know if I have to pay for it. Because it's very plain. It's getting very plain. This, this, is, this is so important. And now when, when, when God sees that you're faithful, God will say, now I want you to go to this city. And I want you to plant a church in this city. And I want you to go over here. And I want you to plant a church in this city. And God will start laying on other people's hearts about what to do. I was praying the other day. And the Lord said, this is how you're going to do this. And he said, this person can help you with this. And this person can help you with this. And these people will help on this level. I I haven't talked to any of those people because I don't have everything that God wants me to see. But God's already giving me the structure of the next assignment. Because you're faithful where you're at. Does that make sense? Hallelujah. But it starts there. And as we're faithful to minister in Little Rock, and we're faithful to minister in DeSoto, then God says, I want you to go to this city, and I want you to go over here, and I want you to open a a church here. And now you've got got 25 years of full-time doing it, and got, the, and got the experience of 25 years doing it for full time. And now a lot of things that would have been harder are easier because you've been faithful. Never overlook that. There are people in here that have been with us the entire eight years of our existence. What are you? Faithful. To what? Where God assigned you. God assigned you to come to Faith Builders. And every time you show up, You show up on Wednesday. You show up on Sunday. You show up on prayer meeting. Every time you show up, what are you doing? You're being faithful to your assignment. Amen. There there are other people that, that came four years ago or five years ago or two years ago or three years ago or this year. But I look and I see you tonight. That means you're faithful to your assignment. Isn't that powerful? Glory to God. Amen. So what do you do? You just keep turning up. You just keep showing up. You keep showing up. I I ministered some number of years ago to our men's group on that subject. Just keep showing up. That's what you do. You just keep turning up. Why? Because as you keep turning up and you keep showing up for the assignment, God keeps pouring into your life. Amen. When, when, when you understand the weight of your assignment, there is a radical release of the God kind of life that begins in your life and begins in your circumstances and begins in what God wants you to do. That, that release is not found any other place than in your assignment and being faithful to it. Hallelujah. Do you see that? Now let's finish with this. Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. And verse 1. A familiar passage, but notice this. He's Paul, uh, well, the writer of Hebrews. You can believe it's Paul or whoever you want to believe, but the writer. said, wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Now, I know we, we talk about this a lot. A cloud of witnesses. A grandstand of witnesses. The the specific references to those that were mentioned before in Hebrews 11. Seeing we're compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us. 
Now, see, the indication is they did this. Let us, just like they did, lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us, and let us run, just like they did, with patience, the race that's set before us. So, so what does that mean? There's a race specific to every person. I run the race that's set before me. My assignment. You run the race that's set before you. Your assignment. Do you see that? Run the race that's set before me. Because that, that's the only, that's, if, if, if you lose your focus on your assignment, if you lose your focus on your assignment, then, then that's, that's when there's a power, there's, there's a power leakage. Because I lost the focus on my assignment. The power is for the assignment. The anointing is for the assignment. I can't just do whatever I want to do with the tools that I've been given for my assignment. Hallelujah. So he said, let us run with patience the race that is set before us. You know, God saves people, sets them free, and then he says, I want to use your life. Every person in here that has any testimony, testimony of being delivered from something, testimony of, 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 of coming back to the Lord, of, of losing things and God returning them to you, or the person that has a testimony that God has kept you all these years, the end result is this. God says, I want to use your life to reach other people. Nobody, nobody does God deliver for nothing. I want to use your life. Say it out loud. Father, I believe that you want to use my life. I believe that you have an assignment for me that you want me to fulfill. And I say, I'll do it. I'll fulfill it. I'll complete it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I remember years ago, and I'll close with this. I'll get you out of here so you can get a pizza. That sounds good. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Did you hear? Amen. Years ago, years ago, Pastor Michelle and I were living in our our first little home there in Gardner, Kansas. And uh, when we moved into the home, there was a shed that was beside the home. And uh, some of the men in the church uh, came and put a, an air conditioner in it and a heater and insulated it and, and made me a, a study out there. And uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm either in the presence of the Lord very early in the morning or really late at night, one of the two. And so it, it, at this time, I, I tended to be up uh, really late at night. And there were nights I'd be out there till 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. But anyway, my point in saying all that is one day I was, I was out there and I was studying and I was reading uh, a book by Smith Wigglesworth, Ever-Increasing Faith, it was, it, uh, he didn't write the book, it was a, a collection of his sermons that uh, his son-in-law, Jimmy Salter, put together to fund the, 
the Congo mission in Africa at that time. Wigglesworth made a statement in that book, though. He said, God will overlook a thousand men to find one with faith. And I remember I was, I was reading that book, and I put it down, and I raised my hands, and I said, Father, look no further. You found them. You don't have to, don't overlook me. You found them. Amen. It, it's those moments when you consecrate yourself to the assignment. I feel bad for people that never get in a place where they just lift their hands when they're alone and say, Father, whatever you want, whatever you want, I'll do it. Amen. Pastor Michelle and I, of course, we Liliana, our our little 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 girl, little six year old, we we've tried very hard to impress upon her that the greatest thing that you can do with your life is what God wants you to do. And when your mom or your dad have to travel, you're not missing anything. You're sowing them. They're fulfilling the plan of God for their life. Amen. You don't talk about your assignment like it's a loss, like you're missing out on something because you got to do something for God. So every time when we leave, one of us leaves, I, I will always go in, in the dining room or in the kitchen and I'll kneel down on my knees and I'll say, y'all come pray for me. And every time, every trip, we reconsecrate ourselves to the plan of God for our family. This is why I'm not bragging. I'm trying to explain to you. That's how you keep the assignment fresh. It never gets old. It never loses its potency. Because, because weekly, daily, we're recommitting to your assignment for our life. People will come to church and they'll say, the anointing's so strong. The word is so strong. It's so fresh. It's because you're dealing with people that are consistently recommitting themselves to the assignment that God has placed on their life. And when you're consistently recommitting yourself to what God wants you to do, it can't get old. Because there's a constant infusion of life into it. Amen. I don't understand burnout. I don't understand backsliding. I don't understand quitting. Any old dead fish can quit. Amen. And just float downstream. You, you, you got to just make your mind up. This is my assignment. And I'm going to fulfill it. I'm going to do what God wants me to do with my life. Ever how many years I have left. Ever, 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 ever who I touch. This is, this is what I'm going to do in the name of Jesus. And every Sunday when, when we're apart, I'll call my wife. And here's what I'll say. She'll answer the phone. I'll say, hey. Guess what we get to do today? She'll go, we get to preach. I say, yeah, we do. Remember, you know where I got that, right? Remember the, the baseball movie? And, and it was called The Rookie. And old Dennis Quaid, remember? He'd come in, there was that young, that, that, that young ball player. And he'd come, his name was Brooks. And he'd come into the, the locker room every day and say, guess what we get to do today, Brooks? We get to play baseball. And we get to preach. We get to do something far more important than playing baseball. Isn't that great? And when you look and you say that ministry has touched my life and my life has changed and I'm forever different. It's number one, it's because of the word. It's because of the Holy Spirit. But it's because somebody said, I'm going to be in my place fulfilling my assignment. Amen. 
There, there are people in here that you're where you're at because for 35 years, Pastor Caldwell fulfilled his assignment. Amen. You're, you're where you're at in your walk with God because he fulfilled his assignment. And ministered 50 Sundays out of the year, every year. And changed your life. Changed your life. And when, when you stand in heaven, part of the reward that you get will go to him. Because he fulfilled his assignment. And you can't put a value on that. You can't put a value on that. When you send your little kids and your grandkids back to Fort Faith and you send them to baby faith builders and you send your teenager to, to, to deter and, 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 and every Sunday you send your baby to that nursery and Miss Gloria and Mariah and the other helpers, they're in there and they're welcoming your child. You ought to shout and dance and praise God. Here's somebody in their assignment that's making an irreversible difference. In the life of my child. There are little babies that have come into that nursery. And they've met the master. They've been born again. They've been introduced to Jesus. Now I don't care who else introduces that child to some great figure. There's only one man and one woman that can ever say. I took them and introduced them to the God of all heaven and earth. And it was that nursery worker in their assignment. Amen. Their kids, their babies getting filled with the Holy Ghost in the nursery. Learning to speak in tongues in the nursery. I told Lily one day, I said, Lily, now you know, whenever you want to pray in the Holy Spirit, you can just pray in the Holy Spirit. And she looked at me and she put her hand on her elbow and she goes, I know, Daddy, Miss Gloria told me. Because, listen, it wasn't daddy that laid hands on her and got her filled with the Holy Ghost. It was Miss Gloria. In the nursery. Four years old, filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. This is important. When you're working in the children's ministry and you got a puppet on your hand and you're, and you're doing a voice that sounds really weird. Right? What, what are you doing? You're preaching with a puppet. You're in your assignment. Those little children are, are attached to that. And you're changing their life. Hallelujah. When you minister to those teenagers that look like they're not there. Amen. You know, every time you walk into a youth room, you know you're there with a bunch of teenagers, got the corn chip smell and everything else going on in there. It, I'm in the student ministry. But they're in their assignment. And we got testimonies of young men and women that are seeing favor in their school and, and were failing grades and started coming to Detour, and Pastor Larry and, and Pastor Anna started telling them they could do all things through Christ, and they need to be declaring they have the mind of Christ, and they have all wisdom and all knowledge and all knowledge of all subjects of study, mathematics, social sciences, social studies, and English. They're quick and sharp and fast and a major blessing. 
And he, and he goes from like a 43 in math to an 83. In a week. Because somebody was in their assignment. That make sense? Can, can I share one more thing with you? I, I, I remember, and, and you know, I, I brag, I, I talk about some people publicly. I'll talk about you publicly too. If you'll let me. But I, I remember when, when, when we first, when we started the ministry, we moved over here. And we were talking to Larry and Anna about being our youth pastors. You know, somebody else come along, some other pastor come along and, 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 and made them a better offer. We want you to be over this ministry. We want you to help in, in this ministry. And, you know, they, they talked to us about it and said, well, what do you think? And I said, well, I can't tell you what to do. I mean, that's not up to me. But I can tell you, I believe, I believe that God didn't bring you here for no reason. You got you to gotta decide that. And they met with the other pastor and said, we believe the Lord put us there. And so that's what we're going to do. You know, I watched something happen. And, and if I'm wrong, Pastor Larry can stand up and tell me I'm wrong. You know he will. <laughs> but, but I've watched something happen. I've watched his side work take a leap. I've watched the blessings of God increase in their life. I've, I've watched God double or triple the house that they were living in. He told me today he got two more jobs out of season. People say, is that because he's hooked up to you? It's because he's in the assignment. He's in the assignment. I'll, I'll close with this. I was traveling to Jasper, Alabama with Pastor. I traveled with him, you know that. And I got up that morning. We were, we were living out in Perryville. And, and I got up that morning, and I was sick as a dog. You, you know, I don't know how sick a dog is, but sick as a dog. And, uh, oh, I didn't, I just did not. I did not feel like going. It was just everything. You know, I was just, I wasn't feeling well. And uh, uh, I knew I needed to go. And so I went ahead and got up, and Pastor Michelle drove me. She, she drove, we only had the one car that we had driven down. And she drove me to meet him, and, and we flew to Jasper, Alabama. And, and, of course, by the time we got there, I was, I was feeling better. But we got there, and I was busying myself with getting everything together and getting the media table together. And then after that, my, my job is to go make sure that he doesn't need anything. And so I went and talked to him, and he was fine. So I went and sat on the front row. And I was just preparing myself for service. And the Lord said something to me. He said, you are, he said, service is seed. And he said, you are receiving much more than you're giving. Because that's my assignment. The Lord told me, in 2012, at the KCM Ministers Conference, as pastor was ministering, he said, I want you to follow his faith. And he said, as you follow his faith, as I was and am with Happy Caldwell, I will be with you. I don't take that lightly. You know, it wasn't long after that, the Lord began to deal with us to move to Little Rock. I didn't know why the Lord began to deal with us to move to Little Rock or, or plant a church in Little Rock. But he did, because I got in my assignment. Are you following me? Got in the assignment. 
And once you get in the assignment, other responsibilities follow. Oh, hallelujah. And then it wasn't long after that, the pastor transitioned out of the church, and he began to tell us he was going to be doing a lot more traveling. And my wife asked him, she said, well, who's going to travel and help you? And he said, well, nobody. I don't have anybody to help. And the Lord spoke to my wife and I simultaneously and said, that's your job. Now, I'm already pastoring a church, and the Lord's dealing with me about pastoring another one. But remember, he gave one five talents because he had the ability to do it. You can increase the ability. So whatever God asked me to do, I can do it because he's asking me to do it. In your assignment. Say it one more time. I have an assignment from God, and it carries weight with me. Let's stand up tonight, shall we? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Isn't God good? Hallelujah. Just, just raise your right hand to the Lord. Say, Father, what you've asked me to do, I intend to finish it. Lord, whatever it is, I give you the right. I give you the authority to ask me to do anything, to ask me to give anything, and I'll do it because I want to do what you want me to do. In the name of Jesus.